welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. And here is your host, Ryan Mack. Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mack. Now, as we reflect on the wild year 2020 was, it becomes abundantly apparent how much the industry has gone through a digital acceleration. Now, during 2020, we saw many organizations rush to digitize as much of their processes as they could. But as the dust settles, those same organizations are looking to build and create more stability and a roadmap around the new digital first approach, realizing that this is the new normal. So as organizations start to look at improvements and build their digital strategy, questions arise around what improvements they can make today, tomorrow, and what is the industry data telling them about the roadmap ahead? So to address these questions and more, I have Harry Harnett, who is a CTP and the EVP of Treasury Payables and Receivables Product Execution at BBVA USA, Sam Keyes, who is the Director of Account Management at MasterCard, and Steve Murphy, who is the Director of Commercial and Enterprise Payments Advisory Service at Mercator advisor group. So there's certainly a lot of data and insights to unpack on today's episode. So without any further delays, let's start the show. So Harry, Sam, Steve, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode where we're really going to be taking a deep dive look at kind of from a B2B payments perspective, kind of a lot of things and a lot of changes that have happened um, in the B2B payments ecosystem across the this year and the certainly very interesting year that we've had in 2020 and leading into 2021 here. Um, but to kind of set the table a little bit here for the rest of this conversation, Steve, perhaps maybe you could kind of give us some high level viewpoints from Mercator advisor group of how it is that they're seeing kind of the this transition or this change that's going on within the B2B payment space. Sure, happy to do that. So if you go way back to late 2019, which seems like a real long time ago, we were putting together our uh, annual outlooks for the year of 2020 in the commercial space. And we're kind of seeing the, uh, the basic continuation of various themes that had been building up over over time. And these included collaboration, you know, basically between fintechs and banks to take advantage of each other's respective uh, strengths. Then you had sort of globalization, which included the concept of, <clears throat> of um, you know, governments and businesses and sovereign markets improving their capabilities to interact on a more global scale you know, by adopting uh, advancements in digital technology, including modern payment systems. We also saw um, resourcefulness, which more or less means uh, the easier navigation of bank services and and the way clients receive services from banks to uh, provide faster and better information through the use of uh, transactional data and so forth, as well as a more sort of consumer-oriented look and feel to mobile channel interaction. And then finally, risk management, sort of a foundational thing, fraud and other of the myriad risks that banks manage um, is essential to success in the business. So these were kind of the things that were more or less carryovers. And so then what actually uh, happened was that as the pandemic was declared in various forms of lockdowns were deployed in most U.S. states and across the globe, the work from home phenomena caused most businesses to revisit their methods of conducting financial operations. And the most immediate of those, of course, was uh, kind of the basic need to make and receive payments, which has an existential implication for individual businesses as well as the health of their respective supply chains. So lots of repercussions and, of course, 
financial services industry has done a really pretty good job of keeping their organizations focused on clients whose priorities were to you know stay in business, keep employees safe, and make it through to the other side of this uh, of this issue. As we've had conversations with various industry participants, uh, reviewed data and surveys that have been made available, and also through participation in remote industry events, it's clear that an accelerated trend is underway for spending and automating financial operations. It's underway now, and we think it's going to continue. So I'll leave it there. Yeah, and, and I certainly agree with a lot of a lot of those points uh, that, that that you kind of the overview there. Uh, now, Sam, I, I'm curious from your perspective at Mastercard, um, where your organization is kind of really you know in the trenches. You're you're able to see and kind of implement a lot of the things uh, that Steve was talking about there. Maybe from kind of a data perspective, what is it that you're seeing from Mastercard's end? So I think from from the network side, um, you know, we we see those trends towards digital really manifesting. Um, and particularly in B2B payments, you know, with uh, the importance of a virtual card. Um, and if you look at, you know, within COVID, um, I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there who uh, would be searching through drawers to find where their T&E card is, but, you know, they're still making those, those payments. And, and I think what the, the work from home phenomena has kind of showed us um, is things that in the past were, I don't know if, if it'll work that way, or, you know, we can't do that remotely it's caused people to change and get outside of their comfort zone. And now I think that that's, uh, you know, really causing folks to look at their overall infrastructure and saying, okay, what, what can we kind of bring forward? What can be the lasting impact of this? And, and I think it's going to give some tailwinds to, you know, making it so that this becomes you know, table stakes that the, the payment is assumed, but the sort of digital form and form factor is what's important. Yeah, no, I mean, we're certainly talking a lot about the the digital acceleration aspect of it. Um, And now, Harry, you know, usually when we talk about digital acceleration, uh, we hear the term of a lot of digitization here. Um, But what does that really mean from a client or consumer perspective? And what can organizations really do to meet the demands of digitization? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I'll acknowledge that this is not new for the industry and that banks, and more importantly, BBVA, have had these services and technologies to enable digitization for some years now. Um, I think of an example that if you think of certain elements of the entire treasury management solution ecosystem, digitization begins to present itself in solutions like integrated payable platforms. Um, Those are the ones that are leveraging single-use virtual cards, ACH payments and now real-time payments. Other solutions in this ecosystem support electronic invoicing, electronic bill pay and presentment, which at their core are things that amplify this digitization. I'll also add that the challenge hasn't been the availability of the services in these technologies. It's the more around increasing the client adoption and you know focusing their prioritization of these services to really become part of their normal business operations. I think it's incumbent upon us as a strategic banking partner to offer advice, consultation um, on these benefits of digitization and how to visualize what that effort or loadout looks like, and then take the actions that support all parties in this B2B relationship between buyers and suppliers. Harry, that's uh, that's an awesome 
point. And I think that the, you know, that communication of the technology, it's not just building out the technology stack and, and the, the capability, but it is communicating its availability, its ease, and, you know, ultimately for your customers to say, hey, we, we're going to help you do your business better and, and here's how, um, and, and kind of helping them along that journey uh, to these new, newer form factors. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, I kind of want to bring up one of the things, Sam, that you said there um, in terms of, you know, speaking to your customers of, you know, how to do be business better and implementing a lot of these, um, these a lot of these new methods here. Um, but Harry, you know, according to a most recent AFP electronic payment survey in 2019, 42% of B2B payments were still being done by check, uh, which is honestly a little bit surprising to me. But why do you think that's the case? You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Ryan. I think you're highlighting what translates to a longstanding practice we've seen within some organizations, especially as it applies to the usage of checks. There's still that mindset out there that if it isn't broken, why should we fix it? Even though check payments, you know, we see they're decreasing year over year. I don't feel that it's been at the, the sort of the rapid pace with, you know, the leaps and bounds the industry has expected. However, I think things changed last year when organizations, you know, had to deal in a, a new COVID environment that Steve had described before. This has really, I think, accelerated that need for change and transformation. And that change is just not at the buyer slash client level. I think it also extends to their suppliers. So think about prior to COVID. Payment processing inefficiencies, they were predominantly experienced by the buyers. The companies that relied heavily upon manual processes, you know, COVID and the whole work from home dynamic immediately complicated, you know, now how invoices are being sent, how they're being received, how they're being processed, and even how payments are now being made. And those inefficiencies extended to their suppliers who are receiving these manual paper-based payment types and now receiving them much later than they had anticipated, which presents their own challenges and how they're managing their cash flow and their inventory and their operations. Uh, you know, Ryan, th there's kind of a critical decision point for organizations to identify where to invest, where to begin these transformation efforts. They're now asking themselves, do they want to be an innovator or do they want to take the path of being a fast follower in this space? Or in some cases, some of them decide just to do nothing. Think of it like this. Where does an organization want to place themselves in sort of this digital innovation curve is improving invoice processing a priority. You know, maybe for some organizations, um, payment generation is critical. It could be even, you know, approval workflows, exception resolutions, um, you know, or, or how they're focusing on just receiving payments. I think the trends are all pointing to a wide held belief that the industry absolutely needs to move beyond checks. So, for BBVA, it's simply not enough that we build these digital functionalities. We also need to ensure that our clients are aware, they're comfortable, and that they know how to maximize the use of these solutions within their organization. Yeah, and, and Harry, that last point you made is, is excellent about that choice and identifying the right solution for your clients. Because I think increasingly payments are about 
efficiency and flexibility. What is the right form for you know, that buyer, for that supplier? What, what is the right form for that specific payment? And I think the, the choice is a really important piece. I mean, it's something that we at MasterCard are really, really behind and kind of when we are building our, uh, our products to support the BBVAs of, of the world, really it's about that choice. And, and then it's for Harry and his excellent team to, to deliver that to the customers. And just uh, if I can add some data, if you, if you take a look at the last 10 years, um, the decline in B2B check usage uh, is about two and a half percent per year, which, you know, certainly doesn't align with the, the quality of the capabilities that have been out there and being launched, especially in the last five years. Uh, but if, um, if you take a look at 2020, what, what we think is that uh, that decline in checks is probably going to be more in the five to 10% range. Um, you know, we won't be able to verify that until we get some surveys like the AFP is going to have one later this year. And then uh, next year we'll have the Fed uh, payment study. Uh, but, you know, clearly it, uh, it, it's, it's accelerated and the money's going there now. Yeah, and one of the things that I kind of want to echo, Harry, that, that you were talking about here is really kind of, as you pointed it, there's that digital curve. And I, I really kind of look at it, this digital acceleration has really caused um, organizations to kind of take a look at the journey that they're going to have to go through or that they're looking to embark upon to really, you know, move towards that digital first mindset and focus here. Um, and, and one of the points that you brought up that I think was certainly fantastic is the educational component of it, because you can kind of say, hey, this is fantastic to have this roadmap of, hey, we understand that, you know, these products and services are in the industry, but without that proper education and fully understanding, okay, here are the benefits, here's where the value is that's going to come from adopting these products and services, you're kind of left to kind of go like, well, I, I don't know, maybe I dipped my toe in over here, did that work, did that not? Um, so I think the education aspect is very important. Um, but Harry, from your perspective at BBVA, um, I think it's always very interesting to kind of get the, well, what are your clients doing from a, a adoption perspective in terms of the payment products that you offer? And why is it that they're adopting certain products that, that your organization is offering? Yeah, Ryan, you know, I think what we're starting to observe is, is actually, it's the adoption of a payment ecosystem. I think one that's delivering value in multiple areas around the digitization of payments. Uh, for instance, I had, previously I had previously mentioned that we've continued to see increased usage with virtual cards to integrated payable solutions and the adoption of electronic invoicing tools. I think this is evidenced by the increase in requests from our clients as well as prospects, you know, where they want us to run um, comprehensive analysis of their AP files as well as other you want to call data elements within their organization. And I think this allows us as an institution to start to incorporate some of the, I'll just say the newer technologies around data analytics for us to be able to provide this quantitative feedback to promote digital payments. And while completing an analysis is just one important sort of step in this process, you know, it's the following steps, you know, that I think, truly are driving this sort of critical digital payment adoption. And for BBVA, you know, for example, with the support, you know, of our clients, you know, we'll, we'll pivot to incorporating, for example, a supplier and outreach campaign where we're now able to show clients 
where the opportunities lie within their supplier base and what payment types they will accept. This has become a priority for us as we work closely with our clients to help drive awareness as well as, you know, create this sort of supplier and enrollment for their programs. Yeah, I think that's where where we've been focused on on helping BBVA and and trying to to hit that home with them on on that supplier enablement piece. It's such a uh, a differentiator and is super important. Again, I think COVID has really brought it to the forefront because suppliers in the past who you know weren't willing to necessarily take a card or were used to a check um, and now maybe weren't getting into the office and said, "I'll try something different." And oh my gosh, this this works and I like it. And so uh, you know, I think we've we've been helping to support um, you know, the efforts that BBVA is doing there. Uh, and I think they've been really, really doing a great job um, of getting out and and then proactively going and educating their customers to say, here's what your file looks like. Here's how we can you know, optimize it. Um, the other thing I think uh, I would I would add to that um, around sort of the education piece is I think that um, customers are becoming more comfortable and a bit more sophisticated with uh, you know, their files with their payment stack, and they want to get a little bit more involved. And I think, again, where, um, where we've worked with BBVA is helping to build out you know, that, that communication and, and education piece to, to get their partners really, really engaged. Uh, and I think that that's something that we are kind of seeing across the board is that you know, the more engaged the client is, um, it's driving that innovation on on the issuer side. Yeah, and so before we wrap things up here today, you know, when, when we're really kind of taking a look at this digital acceleration here and kind of this journey or this digital curve here, you know, and you kind of look at the payments ecosystem and all these different products and, and services that are offered there, you know, I, I think that a lot of uh, organizations can start to kind of look at that and go like, oh, oh wow, th- th- this is too complex and kind of get overwhelmed or intimidated by this whole uh, digitization that they're kind of of going through or that they recognize, hey, we, we know we need to go in this direction, but there's just so many things to consider. So I, I'm curious, Harry, for, from your perspective, because I'm sure that you probably get this question uh, quite a bit. What, what advice do you have for clients that really think it's too complex or expensive or intimidating to really get started in this process? Yeah, Ryan, we, we get that, I think. Um, I think that's quite common, and I think it's normal. Uh, for BBVA, um, I believe a successful approach that we present to clients is that digitization, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. As their strategic banking partner, it helps that we already you know, are supporting you know, many of, their, of the clients' cash flow activities, and we can identify various opportunities for maximization. You'll find that a good banking partner can and should be an important influencer in helping their clients prioritize which digital solutions and which processes are right for them to include setting goals, even explicit targets around which ones to start the digitization first, and then so on. The benefits of, let's say, payment digitization, they're wide ranging, including you know, everything from process improvement revenue generation and cost savings, even protecting you know, clients against potential fraud threats. I really think the key is for organizations to realize the value and just simply to you know, be prepared to get started. I, I would agree. And I, I think it's uh, yeah. 
digitization is it's it's not easy and it's a big topic and you know it's the the old adage, adage of of Heidi and elephant it's it's one bite at a time and so you know I think to to Harry's point of being willing to get started and then um, you know where we are where, where we see success and it's the same thing that we want to do with with our banking partners with with BBVA is to sit down and kind of roll up our sleeves together and say, how do we want to go down this journey? I, I don't think there's a, a silver bullet that says, if you start here, you know, every, every domino falls. Um, but it's really being willing to, to engage and, and raise your hand and say, okay, we, we want to embrace this change. And I think that's the first step. And, and it's, it's really being proactive and saying, you know, where can we get started? Because I think it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be different for different clients. Um, but that willingness to to engage and to to go for change is really the first starting point. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good point. To the extent that you can use uh, clients or potential clients' own data to uh, to show the efficiency and effectiveness of their cash cycle operations, uh, you know, most of them when they uh, when they start to transform or or a project that's transforming their operations, uh, they're typically looking for some sort of an ROI. <clears throat> but um, you know these uh, these capabilities are go beyond uh, cost savings, and, and they, they move themselves into working capital efficiency, which has an impact on cash flow. So, to the extent you can build in their own numbers, um, it, that's a way to get them to uh, think about it in a different way from the treasury perspective. Yeah, I, I certainly have to agree, especially on, on the journey aspect of it. You know, a, a very long journey always starts with the first step, and you have to take that first step to begin the journey. Um, so with that being said, you know, Harry, Sam, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time today for speaking to me about this digital acceleration, uh, particularly in the B2B space. And I hope to have all of you back on the podcast real soon. My pleasure. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.